Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins, the program where we anticipate an experience with the Lord on each and every episode. Thank you so much for listening today, and my prayer is that you will be strengthened, encouraged, and challenged in your daily walk with the Lord as you listen. The primary purpose for this program is to be a source of inspirational truth that will not only awaken a deeper hunger within you for more of God, but also a source of encouragement when it comes to maintaining a deep passion for the Lord. Leviticus 6.12 says, The fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must not go out. This Old Testament verse spoke into the sacrificial burnt offering practices of the temple, and it reflects the fact that we as the bride of Christ are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, we have a responsibility to steward our walk with God and to maintain His flame that He has ignited in our hearts. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I invite you to join me now as we explore biblical truths that help us to maintain the flame of God upon the altar of our hearts. Hello and welcome to Maintain the Flame this week. I am your host, Keith Collins, and I am blessed to be with you again today. I trust that you are growing in the grace of the Lord, that your life is full of eternal value, and that your focus is Jesus and His purposes being fulfilled through your life. And, you know, I've, I've, I've been thinking in recent days, I actually um, had a birthday about five days ago, or I turned the age of 55, and I know 55 is not old. But it's not 35, it's not 25, it's not 15, and at this age, I I really feel the the weight and the the depth of the call of God upon my life, and I just want to encourage you, maybe you're listening today, maybe you're 18, maybe you're 58, maybe you're 78, whatever your age might be, um, it is not too late to fulfill the call of God upon your life. And, um, you know, that's really one of the things that this this broadcast, this program is about. We really want to encourage people to run hard for Jesus. And I'm not talking about living a life that's characterized just by religious duty and works and those type of things. However, it's very clear in the Bible that we are called to good works and true salvation is not just about getting out of hell and going to heaven. Of course, that's that's primary and that's foundational, but salvation is, is, is an experience. Um, biblically, I believe we are saved, we are being saved, and at the future consummation, when we put off mortality and take on immortality, we will be ultimately saved. But the salvation experience is about fruit, it is about prayer, it is about winning the lost, it is about making disciples, it's about giving. It's about, um, you know, living a life, as Paul said, that brings glory to the Lord or living, he said, living worthy of the call of God upon our lives. So I just want to encourage you, friend, dig in, be faithful, be there. Jim Elliott, one of the, um, the men that was martyred in the 1950 by, in the 50s by the Aka Indians in the nation of Ecuador as a missionary, he said at one point, wherever you are at, be all there. So friend, let's, let's be there. We are living in a dark hour. There is so much calamity, confusion, sin, 
degradation, debauchery. I mean, we are seeing things that look like Sodom and Gomorrah and even worse. I'm reminded of um, something that Leonard Ravenhill wrote, a book he wrote that saw, it's called Sodom Had No Bible. And in other words, if God judged Sodom, then as we look at the United States of America, whether it be abortion, whether it be the the rise of the the homosexual, the transgender, tr- transgender, excuse me, agenda, whatever it might be, the the taking away of anything that has biblical merit and 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 foundation, whatever it might be, friend, we we are in a Sodom and Gomorrah time. But what an amazing time to be the church, to be followers of Jesus. What an amazing time. To make a difference in our culture and in our society. What an amazing time to give our lives to Gen Z, to, to, to millennials. What an amazing time to be doing the works of Jesus. So this is not a time to, to sit back and hunker down and say, come Lord Jesus, we're going to stay here till you come. No friend, this is a time to be faithful to the call of God. We don't know when the Lord is going to return. We know that he will come back for his church. I'm convinced of that. But during this season, let's be found faithful to the call of God upon our lives. Listen, I don't know who I'm speaking to right now, and this is not what I'm talking about today as far as my primary theme, but I want to say if you're living in sin, if you have secret sin in your life even, maybe your spouse doesn't know about it, maybe your parents don't know about it, maybe your um, leader doesn't know about it, but maybe there's things in your life that's hindering you from the Lord, I implore you, get right with God, friend. Deal with it. Listen, and I don't just mean, you know, sometimes we have to deal with it on certain levels. And it's one thing to repent, and that's the foundation. That's where we start. But maybe you need to go make something right with somebody. Maybe you need to go to that accountability part and say, hey, listen, I am struggling in this area. I need help. I need you to know that it's happening. In other words, whatever it takes, get radical with sin. Jesus said, if your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. You're better to to go to heaven uh, maimed um, than to go to hell with the whole body. That's basically what he was saying in that narrative there. So listen, friend, be faithful to the call of God. Again, I'm not talking about legalism or a workspace mentality, but I'm talking about living a life that honors Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Well, listen again, I am I'm just so blessed to be with you today. I just got back from Florida a few days ago and was blessed to preach at River of Life Church in Crawfordville, Florida, south of Tallahassee last Sunday. It's actually an area that I grew up in as a child and still have family there. And I was so encouraged to see the Lord move. I really dealt with a salvation type evangelistic message and we had folks coming to the altar and the Lord stirring hearts so it was encouraging to see that this Sunday I'll be in Morgantown West Virginia um, church called um, House of His Presence there in Morgantown and be with some dear friends of mine Skyler and Michelle Linderman so just keep that in prayer and if you're in the Morgantown West Virginia area let me just encourage you to go to my website keithcollins.net and you can find where I'll be. You can find the address, and we'd love to see you in Morgantown. Amen. Well, listen, let me let me read um, from John 15. I plan to conclude uh, my, my series, my teaching, my sharing on apostolic meekness today. And I've been on this for about three weeks. And let me just say thank you to those that I've heard from. I've actually heard from some people that have been 
encouraged and maybe even challenged by what I've been sharing, heard from some leaders, some Christian leaders, pastoral type people. So thank you for reaching out to us, and we love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website, keithcollins.net or impactgf.org, and it's always a blessing to hear from people. But I want to start off again reading from Matthew 5, or from, excuse me, from John 15, verses 1 through 3, as this has kind of been the foundation of what I've been sharing for the last few weeks. So listen to Jesus. He said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. But every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, again, I've been focusing on the fact that he says every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. And it almost sounds paradoxical because you would think, hey, if this branch is bearing fruit, then the last thing I want to do is restrict it, cut it off, cut it back, or what we call prune the tree or prune the branch. But the Lord shows us here that there is a process that must take place. And I believe, especially in the lives of those that are walking with the Lord, in the lives of those that are seeing fruit in their lives, in their ministries, there is this process of pruning, and we can call it brokenness, but it brings us to this place of apostolic meekness. And listen, I've said this already, but I want to share this again. Meekness, humility, brokenness is not something that can be taught through the logic of man. It is completely connected, I believe, to the level of intimacy that one ascribes to with the Lord. Listen, it it really only comes through union with the Lord, with Jesus himself, and by incessantly beholding his holiness and his glory. In other words, you cannot see him, you cannot spend time with him and not be affected in a radical way that brings about humility. So listen, this this place of meekness, this place that I'm calling apostolic meekness um, or brokenness is really, it's a, it's, it's a dynamic of great depth. It, it cannot be taught in a classroom. And listen, I have taught theology. I've taught practical ministry for several years and have loved that. But one thing I could never effectively teach my students or my pupils is how to be broken, how to be meek, but I can encourage them that there's one way to learn. Abide in Christ. Brokenness will come. Humility will come. Meekness will come. Not only will you have success in a godly way, but in the midst of your success, God and his wisdom will prune you. He'll cut you back. In other words, you'll be running the race and man seeing fruits and signs and wonders and miracles. And all of a sudden you'll feel like you hit a speed bump or maybe hit a a pothole, so to speak. And you're like, God, what's going on? But it is in that season oftentimes that many times we call the devil, but it's the Lord pruning us. He's cutting us back. Why? Because he sees the greater work that you're called into. He sees the the greater depth of intimacy with him that he wants you to walk in. He also sees the the greater level of fruit and the demonstration of his kingdom being manifested through your lives. However, he knows that it takes pruning, that it takes a cutting back of you. It takes you being further crucified to the cross of Christ. It takes you being further illuminated to what 
Calvary really means and how the cross is really as Oswald Chambers, and I've shared this, but I'll say it again, where he says the true character of loveliness that tells for God is always unconscious. In other words, when you behold Jesus in his glory, when he prunes you and cuts you back, there is a realm of humility and brokenness and meekness that you walk in that is unconscious. In other words, you're not proud that you're humble. Um, Conscious humility is an awareness of how humble you are, but an unconscious humility is something that works itself out through union with Jesus, through pruning, through revelations of his holiness and his glory, through the overwhelming and shattering element that takes place when you spend one-on-one time with Jesus. And the deeper, again, you go in him. Listen, I believe that in a proper biblical mindset, the deeper we grow in the knowledge and understanding of God through intimacy with him, the more we see ourselves as frail in our own strengths and abilities. In in turn, we behold our continual or our incessant need for God's divine grace in every area of our lives. Now listen, identity in Christ is foundational. I actually preach on sonship and adoption and all those things, and it's important that people know who they are in Christ and, and that we we live from that place to where the enemy does not wreak havoc in our lives and cannot run over us. And, and we learn that we are redeemed, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that we are sons and daughters of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so there there's that dynamic that's important, that's foundational. But let me tell you something. If you don't see yourself If I don't see Keith Collins as weak and frail and in need of greater levels of grace and intimacy with Jesus, then it's very easy for me to get puffed up and for me to get um, swelled up, so to speak, to where I feel like that I am doing something and that I am accomplishing something. Listen, Paul said that I am what I am by the grace of God. True meekness, true unconscious humility brings a deeper understanding, a greater paradigm, a greater picture of that without Jesus, there's nothing, friend, that we can do. He's He's everything to us. That's why Paul said in Galatians 2.20 that I have been crucified with Christ. And then he said, I no longer live. And there was Paul alive. Of course he was alive. But he said, I no longer live. But the life he lives, he says, he he lives through the grace or through walking with the Lord. He said, I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. What is he saying, friend? He's saying, listen, I have come to a place through brokenness, through humility, through meekness, that I acknowledge that the only thing that's worth anything in my life is what Jesus does through my yielded, my submitted vessel, my crucified life on the cross brings about this all-encompassing work of grace that that brings a clear understanding of the lordship of Jesus in our lives. You see, true meekness, true humility cripples our human instincts and awakens our spiritual awareness to the vision and even the voice of the risen, glorified King of Kings and Lord Jesus himself. Jesus 
become so much more than just an historical figure to us that lived in history. And we know that he was a real man and he, he lived at a certain time in history and, and he walked the shores of Galilee and he came into Jerusalem that he was crucified. We, we, we know the history, but, but listen, Jesus, through meekness, through humility, through pruning, <laughs> through this process of going deeper in our walk with God becomes more than just a figure in history, more than just a theological theme to us. He becomes everything. And this is the meaning of what it means to be broken, to be meek, to be fully dependent upon the Lord. You come to that revelation that it's him or it's nothing. You you refuse to live in this fake, um, plastic, platonic um, religious show to where you're good at putting a mask on and you might even be anointed to preach but friend people can be anointed to preach and be so full of arrogance and pride and maybe the preaching of the word even sees results but if they're faithful to their walk with God and if they're more concerned about Jesus getting glory then they will allow and welcome the pruning process but show me people that resist the pruning and I'll show you people who have learned to live on Christian behavior patterns. They've learned to live on a gift or maybe an anointing upon their lives, but there's no depth to who they are and to what they're doing. They might know theology. They might know the Hebrew and the Greek. They might know all these things. They might know systematic theology backwards and forwards, but that doesn't mean that they're walking in brokenness, that they are dependent upon the Lord for everything in their lives. And friend, that is the ultimate goal as we walk in these human bodies, as we are landlocked, as Charles Spurgeon once said, we are landlocked by our mortality. But however, even in its midst of being landlocked, our spirit man can go deeper and deeper and deeper in the Lord when we allow the process of pruning to develop us into a vessel worthy of the call of God, a a vessel that has been shattered, as Jeremiah said, when he brought the picture of the potter and the potter's wheel, where the vessel was made, but it was marred, so the Lord broke it. He pruned it, so to speak. I know that's a little different terminology and, and analogy. However, I think the, the story works here, that, that he remakes the, the vessel, and sometimes the vessel gets so beautiful and so big, and we think, man, we've arrived, but it is at that point that he breaks it again. Why? Because he sees the greater calling. He sees the the greater fruit. He sees the more souls to be reached. He sees the further mission field. He sees the church plant. He sees the disciples that will be made. And therefore, in his wisdom, in his omniscience, in his foreknowledge, in his understanding of, of, of reality and truth, he will break us down in order to remake us for the glory of God. So so listen, there there's so much here, and all these elements are so important. But, but let me just share a couple things here with you right now. First of all... Um, I believe that true meekness, true brokenness, true humility brings us to the end of ourselves. So it is important for us to come to the end of ourselves. Now that is that is um, something that kind of flies in the face of modern culture, even modern church culture, where we are taught to be all that we can be. We are taught to be our best self. Now, again, understand there's some truth in that. The Lord does not want us to live in depression and and live in such a mindset that we are just feel like we're worthless no we are sons of god so we we live in that truth however the revelation is that in our flesh we are nothing in our 
own abilities and our own strengths. And God can use those when we're redeemed. But however, it's not that that makes us who we are. It's our dependence upon the Lord and our acknowledgement that we have to come to the end of ourselves in order to be effectively used by God. In other words, um, humility, meekness constitutes a death to our personal identity. And it really catapults us into our identity as sons and daughters of God. It demands that we acknowledge our absolute dependence upon our Creator. Jesus said it best, best in Matthew 5, 3, on the Man of Attitudes. He said, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Why? For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And what does it mean to be poor in spirit? It doesn't mean you can't pay your bills. It doesn't mean that you're... Um, you know, just depressed all the time. It means that you have come to the acknowledgement that in and of yourself, you bring nothing to the table. The only thing that matters is what Jesus brings and what Jesus does through a yielded vessel that is radically in love with him and that has submitted our hearts and our lives fully for his glory. So blessed, <clears throat> excuse me, are the poor in spirit. In other words, humility, meekness will polarize or uh, bring to light the poverty of self in the life of every child of God. Let me share this with you. I believe the reason so many people burn out, the reason so many leaders leave the ministry, is because there is a gift, there is an anointing, there is a calling there, but they they leave the place of meekness and brokenness, and they enter into a, an arena of performance and self-promotion, and um, as one of my dear friends, Dr. Michael Brown, wrote about years ago, the American Gospel Enterprise, and they try to promote something that God never ordained. And therefore, they run, 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 run to keep the machine going. But eventually, they burn out and they they lose heart for the Lord. And the Lord wants us to come to a place to where we can't do this in our own strength. That's 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 the revelation of brokenness, friend. I can't do it. Listen, the things that the Lord has showed me about my own calling, there's no way that Keith Collins can do this. So listen, coming to the end of ourselves does not only come then through self-denial or discipline. Those are important concepts in the Bible, but it's primarily brought about, I believe, through the Lord bringing us to the end of our own strengths, abilities, our own resources. God literally has a pattern of hemming his children in. And I believe that this reality of God's divine pressure will produce deep meekness, brokenness, and dependence in the life of every true child of God. But again, friend, you got to let it happen. You see, the the process of an individual coming to the end of oneself is that of growing deeper in the knowledge and awareness of Jesus. You Listen, I don't believe you can behold Jesus and not be shattered in his glory. This shattering is at one point um, it's exciting, it's joyous, but on another level, it's overwhelming due to the holiness and his expressible glory. And listen, I, I've experienced this in my own life. There have been times of deep visitation from the Lord to where I was, I mean, I was full of joy, but I was scared to death on a certain level because of the weight of his holiness. And there was a time whenever the Lord walked into a room, and I, I believe it was the Lord. It could have been an angel, but I believe it was the Lord. I know that might stretch some of you, but I was in the midst of a time of praying and fasting in Florida back in the late 90s. And um, I was on a floor um, about two o'clock in the morning at my grandmother's house. And Someone walked into the room and stood beside me, and I knew that it wasn't anyone that was in the house. Like the only people there were my brother, my grandmother, and myself, and they were in other rooms sleeping. But the Lord visited me, and I believe it was the Lord. And I, I remember I was scared to open my eyes because it was so holy, and I, I was 
shaking under the presence of the Lord. Um, when I left that experience, I didn't jump up and say, woohoo, look what happened. No, I was broken. I was shattered. And the Lord used that to, to, to bring me into a deeper knowledge of my need for him and how weak I am compared to his glory. So that's number one. We come to the end of ourselves. And then my last point today is we must see and savor the sufferings of Christ. We never get away from this. If we do, we go into error, my friend. Listen, Philippians 3, 10 and 11, Paul said that I may know him, the power of his resurrection, and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him even in his death, that by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. In other words, our conception of the willingness of Jesus to be completely broken for us through suffering will have a direct impact on the level of meekness, humility that we walk in as his followers. Basically, if the sufferings of Jesus become a mere historical event to us, then we will be relegated to a life of mundane, mechanical religion. However, if the horror and the reality and the beauty of the cross of Christ becomes a place where by the Spirit we live, then our lives will be consumed with deep, deep brokenness and spiritual or kingdom or eternal usefulness because it will condition us to carry the glory of God more effectively. In other words, through the work of the cross, the work of the cross of Calvary, the work of the cross of Christ, and, and, and how that affects us. Listen, though, though, that, though the cross um, and what it means for us outwardly can never be added to. In other words, we can't do anything to save ourselves except repent. And, and, but it's, it's all by the cross. Paul said it's not of works that any of us should boast in Ephesians. But we can't add to what the Lord has done outwardly. However, and this is important, the reality of what the cross means inwardly can never be neglected or we cease to walk in humility and brokenness. Therefore, the cross, I believe, must be an abiding power in our lives in order for brokenness and meekness to be sustained. Genuine brokenness, my friend, genuine apostolic meekness constitutes absolute identity with the cross of Christ. Again, Paul, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live. So listen, our willingness to fellowship Jesus in his sufferings opens the door to deep intimacy fueled by deep brokenness and meekness, which alone leads us again to true kingdom effectiveness. So, you know, the this this element of the cross brings us to radical obedience it, it brings us to a place where we are unwilling to compromise. We, we are born out of the fire. We are consumed with Jesus himself. And it brings us also to a place where we refuse to be intimidated by man. So, listen, I know I've shared quite a bit over the last few weeks. And I pray that you've been blessed by this theme of apostolic meekness, humility, and brokenness. And it, as I close out this theme of this subject matter, I, I, I do trust that the Lord is doing something deep in your life and that you will never be the same again. I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, do this deep work of pruning in our lives that leads to true meekness and humility and brokenness, God. God, 
whether it be a leader listening today or, or, or whoever it is, God, I just pray, let the work of the cross have its effect in our lives, Lord. We thank you for speaking to us, for changing our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, let me invite you again to visit our new web address, keithcollins.net, keithcollins.net. Um, you can also visit us at impactgf.org. We have a network of leaders, churches, missionaries, Christian business leaders, and we're an amazing family that's fulfilling the Great Commission together. So you can visit us, impactgf.org. Our personal website is keithcollins.net. We would love to hear from you. You can contact us through our website. And let me, again, encourage you to share this program with someone Um, share it with someone that needs encourage someone that needs challenge someone that needs a deeper walk with the Lord and again we are just blessed week in and week out to be able to come to you to share the truths of God's word and I just trust today that we have been impacted by his love by his fire and by his grace in deep ways and I'll see you next week on Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins God bless Thank you so much for listening to Maintain the Flame with Keith Collins today. I trust that you've been blessed and encouraged as you've listened. And if you hunger for a greater passion for the Lord that will not dim or subside, then let me encourage you to listen weekly to episodes that will encourage you in your walk with God. To learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at keith-collins.org or impactgf.org. May the fire of God burn brighter and hotter in your life. God bless you.